Well, great to be with you today, Hazelmere. And uh, thank you for not putting any traffic lights up, as you normally do, when I come to slow me down or stop me or whatever. Um, this morning uh, is Vision Sunday. It was meant to be Vision Sunday last week, but I got man flu and, uh, and Ron graciously pitched in. So we started our Philippians series a little bit prematurely, and we'll be back to that next week. Um, but I'm going to pick up on uh, Vision Sunday. So um, before we do that, I know we're a couple of weeks down the line, but I, I trust you had a really, really good New Year and Christmas. I mean, for us, we just moved at a colossal speed. Somebody in uh, part of our family who will be namely, nameless, I mean, that's Des's family, uh, they, they decided to have a wedding on the 27th of December up in Liverpool. So we had a great Christmas day, uh, really wonderful, and then we, we joined everybody on the M6. On the 26th and on the 28th, we joined everybody on the M6. And I know I said it's moved at colossal speed, but the M6 didn't. So um, that, was our, that, was, it, that was a bit of a rush. The only thing I can remember we were on this day, it was, uh, it was the 27th, was the wedding day. There was lots of good things going on. Uh, but the thing that, one of the things that stood out in my mind was, uh, it was you know, it was a really crisp day. It's, it's, it was a really crisp day, and the photographs were outside. And uh, as the photographs are outside, we're all shuffling around doing these photographs. And the guy, say cheese. And we all went, hypothermia. <laughs> I mean, it was freezing, absolutely freezing. But, hey, it was a good occasion. So um, if you've been coming over the Christmas period and into the new year and just been recently coming, uh, I just welcome you. Thank you very much for being here. And as I said, this is um, our Vision Sunday. And I'm going to ease you nicely in to our Vision Sunday with a clip from The Lion King. Now, uh, let me give you, this is, this is my children's, one of my children's favorite films. It's one of my favorite films. I mean, if it's not your favorite film, what's wrong with you? It's just, I mean, it's just a great film. Absolutely brilliant. There's a wonderful truth in there. And, and, uh, the part that we come to is um, Simba's lost his way. He's Mufasa's boy. Mufasa died. That was his dad. His dad was the king of the tribe. Um, the wicked uncle Scar has now picked up the tribe. And, and Simba, uh, he's away and in a bit of a lost place. Look down. That's not my father. It's just my reflection. No. Look hard. You see, 
He lives in you. says it so much better than I do, doesn't it? It's just brilliant, this film. Oh, that, that, that's the point, you see, of Vision Mornings, is that we would, we would not forget who we are. And we would not forget what God has called us to. And it's easy to do that at this time of year. You know, you slip from one to the other, and on the TV, it gives you all the reflections of 2016, and do you have enough time for your own? And do we have enough time for our own? as a church. We need to remember what God has done. Remember what God has called us to. We don't want to, we don't want to be people who forget. We need to take stock and pause. So the last 12 months for us as a church have been full on, undoubtedly. So this is just a good op- opportunity, a good occasion to take stock and have a look and appreciate his favor upon us as a church and his grace it's wonderful his great kindness and before i even before i started that i um i wanted to mention about the carol services uh, which was on december the 11th i told them down at town center it was september but i think they just went with me anyway anyway it's De- december the 11th the carol services that we had we we had we we bust all attendance records that we've ever had on that carol service and we had over, uh, uh, over the three of them, over 1,300 people there at those carol services. And that's a conservative figure. That is a conservative figure. And I really want to thank you. I just want to thank you for inviting people and friends and whoever you pulled off the street and colleagues and whatever. I just want to thank you because... We've had such a terrific response. We've had letters in, we've had calls, we've had people come to us. There's one person who was there actually on the day, and they just said, um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm going to go on the Alpha course. I'm just going, that's it. I've been here a couple of times. I'm going to be on the Alpha course. There's another person who's never been to us, never, ever been to us, and I've met him two or three occasions since then, and he keeps telling me how good that carol service was. He says, just, he says it was so good. It was so good. Now, I saw him after the, after the uh, carol service, and he was really moved. He said, you know, we were so moved. And he's telling everybody about the carol service. So he's our best advertisement at the moment for the carol service. Anyway, let's get to James chapter 2, and we're going to read the first eight verses. And um, we're going to dive in. If you haven't got a Bible, it will come up on screen. And if you have and it's on your phone or whatever, the person next to you, just tell them you're not texting, you're looking at the James chapter 2. And here it is, verse 1, and we're going 1 to 8. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man 
wearing fine clothes and say, yeah, here's a good seat for you. But you say to the poor man, you stand there or, or sit, sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you've dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. And when you read James, it's easy to fall into the trap of, of seeing this as addressed to individuals. Nothing could be further from his thinking. Now, please, hear that. Believers, S. Brothers, S. Sisters, S. You know, it's all plural. You know, this is written to community. That's who he writes it to. He writes it to communities of God's people. So from the outset, you'll find this is his passion. It's the life of the believing community and what it is like and how it projects and how it reflects. Now, listen, if you are here and you are a believer and you're a follower of Jesus Christ... Do you know one of the wonderful things that happens for you? It's part of the package, if I might use such a, a term. It's part of the package. You, you get brought into God's family. You, you become part of his family. It's not a private deal. Now, I, I under, and that's called the church. And I know the church is flawed, but it is the best place for your growth in Christ. You will grow in the church. It's his local family. If you've missed that step, I'm going to encourage you, be connected. Just whatever John was talking about in terms of the small group, get connected. It's, you know, it's your inheritance. As a Christian, it's your birthright. This is what you, sh- this is what you should have. And, 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 and I know the church is not perfect. I mean, I'm in it, so I know. But listen, it, it is the best place for growing. God, that's what God does. He pulls us into his family. So I'd encourage you. To do that, and that's what uh, James is writing to. He's writing to this commu- community of God's people. So the three things I want to look at is what kind of community should we be, and secondly, why? Why should we be this community? And last, how? How can we be this community? How can we do that? So you'll find that James is not one to uh, beat around the bush. He um, He'll just, he doesn't pull punches, tells it as it is. And verse 1, straight in, don't you show favoritism. Don't show favoritism. Now, quite simply, favoritism is discrimination. He says, don't discriminate. Now, we get a good illustration of this in Acts chapter (laughs) 6. And there's two cultural, clear cultural groups of people that make up the church in Jerusalem. There's Hebrew-speaking Jews and there's Greek-speaking Jews. And they had a program which was called the Daily Distribution of Food. And it was a common fund. It helped those without income and particularly aimed at widows. 
No social services, you understand. No benefits. They just, just did not exist. You know, no job, no food. Done. So uh, there was this common fund. And as the church was growing, and it was, you know, you got 3,000 in one day, haven't you? And then a little bit later on, it's about 5,000. I mean, this church is growing, and so is this program. It is growing. And the Greek-speaking Jews were being overlooked. And, that, and you could get that sense of that in Acts chapter 6. Now, as soon as this came to the attention of the apostles, uh, they, they started a process to sort this out. And they appointed seven men to oversee the work. You know, and I missed this when I first looked at all this, and I, I missed it. And, it. and you might have missed it too. But all the seven men have got Greek names. Well, that's a, that's a grace, isn't it? All the seven men have got Greek names. So the apostles are empowering a disempowered group. The apostles are empowering a disempowered group. So what we're seeing here in this church, in, in this early church, is a church of justice and it's a church of grace. I'm not saying the overlooking of one set of widows for another was deliberate. I'm not saying that. In fact, it doesn't tell us that. Sometimes, it, so, sometimes this is not the case. It may well have been, it may have well have been cultural misunderstandings. It may be as simple as that. And we're in a multicultural church, so we should get that. We should understand that. The community, my friends, that we want to be as part of King is to be a community of justice and peace. Amen? Uh, justice and grace. So, I am so grateful for what God has opened up for us in our community and the involvement that we have. And let me say this, those who go on exploring church membership, it's one of the things that they've noticed, how involved we are in the community. You know, so, I know you've heard these before, but our, our, our involvement with, uh, is with Christians Against Poverty, it's called CAP, and it's enabled us to see 14 families become debt-free. Now, this is in three years. And you have to realize that in the three years, you've got the first year which sets it all up. So you're not going to get a huge amount of change going on at that time. So 14 families free. And I believe there's something like six people have responded to the gospel of grace. Look, this is, we should celebrate these things. I think that is incredibly encouraging. We are at present involved with another 38 families. This stuff is not going away. This is not going away. Not with all the cheap advertisements about gambling going on every time you get on TV. This stuff is not going away. And we've also increased our staffing to respond to the need. When they go out on visits, we regularly pray for them. We don't know who they are. We don't know names. We're not giving any of that. But we regularly pray for those visits. Anyone who comes into the office in regards to this is treated with utmost respect. They have enough going on in their everyday lives that highlights failure. You don't have to add to it. We want to be a church that empowers the disempowered. That is the church of justice and grace. So James gives the illustration of two men. And he says, suppose one wearing fine clothes and costly jewelry comes in, and then you've got another one, and he's wearing filthy clothes. 
And to one is given a good seat, and to the other one, sit at the floor or over there. He says this in verse 4. He says, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? When James writes about this, about judges, he's putting them on the same level of a judge who takes a bribe. One who turns away who looks in the opposite direction to that which is true and that which is just. One who never won't give it a second thought. If you discriminate like this, James says, what sort of community are you? If you can't look after the poor, what sort of community are you? Now, last time we had a man called Callum, and he gave an interview in September and told us of his experiences through being homeless. And the... um, and how going to Wickham Homeless Connection, of which we're one of the partners. And, it, and I, I, I mean, he came here, didn't he? And he, he was down at town centre. It was so good to hear what they had done. And, what, and we're part of that. And you felt, you felt it was great to be part of the rescue of someone's life. And I know in many conversations that I've had with people that the people can be particularly dismissive to the homeless, judgmental. But, you know, some of their situations, I'm not saying all, but some of the situations that you become aware of, you realize that things have occurred beyond their own control. And they haven't orchestrated this. You would be surprised, my friends. I am so glad that we can be involved in this as a community. What sort of community do we want to be? Want to be one of justice? And want to be one of grace? I look at this small group guide, which I didn't bring with me for some reason. But, I, you know, please get a hold of the small group guide because I'm so encouraged when I look at the small group guide. I mean, we have come a long way in a few years, I tell you, since we started these small groups. There are um, uh, there's a range of people that we seek to embrace from all walks of life and backgrounds, educational experience and generations from young to the old. I tell you, it's marvelous. Last year, we had 159 people who signed up for small groups for the first time. I think that's great. I think that deserves a round of applause, actually. I mean, I just think it's great. 150 signing up for the first time. Oh, God, do it again, please, and more in 2017. We say, it's, it's just, it covers a, such a breadth of life. Breadth, absolutely brilliant. And what's more, I'm really grateful for those who have got groups that are reaching outside. So we have Serving the Homeless, and, but we, there's a student small group and a, and a learning English group, which you just heard about, and questions about Muslims to help you connect with people outside the church. And then there's the Alpha course, and the parenting course is open to people outside the church. And then there's a cancer support group. Listen, this is so encouraging. See, just sometimes you want to go, yes, God, look what you've done. That's brilliant. Amen? I get excited about this sort of thing. Okay. So, well, why should we be this type of people? Why should we be this type of community? And then we go back to verse 1. It goes, my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. Our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. Actually, Literally, the word glory comes after the Lord Jesus Christ. 
It's really the Lord Jesus Christ of glory. And when you start talking about glory, you're talking about weight, and you're talking about worth, and you're talking about value and significance. And then you follow the rest of the chapter. What is the weight and worth and value that's going on here? It's all about people. It's all, it's all, it's all about people. He's the Lord of glory who loves people. If you don't see and treat people as of infinite worth and value and dignity, we won't get glory. You know, you get a fuller picture in chapter 3 where James says, with our tongue, we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings. And a little bit later on, then he goes, who have been made in the image of God. And a little bit later on, he said, this shouldn't be. We shouldn't do this. Don't you realize how valuable people are? This should not be this way. If you want to see the worth and value of people, you have to see them through Jesus' eyes. The Bible tells us we've been made in the image of God. The Bible says that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It says because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in sin. You know, sometimes, sometimes we miss this. When we look at other people, sometimes we miss this. R.C. Sproul, he's a great writer, this guy, and he writes in his book, In Search of Dignity, a moment. Now, he's bright, this fella. He's intelligent. He's doing a philosophy degree, a good university. Uh, R.C. prides himself that he is, uh, in his lack of snobbery, it's an interesting phrase that, prides himself in his lack of snobbery, uh, he endorses the all men are equal creed. He despises middle class with their, with their addiction to status symbols and materialism. And he's on vacation one summer at a hospital. And this is what happens. One summer morning as I was sweeping up cigarette butts and other debris from the front steps of the hospital, I noticed a group of nursing students approaching the entrance. I leaned on my broom, flashed my most charming smile, and said, good morning. No response. They passed me by like I was a miserable beggar, too lowly to be acknowledged. I had to stifle the impulse to run after them, shouting, listen, listen, I'm a, I'm a college guy. I'm a philosophy major, you know, and everything. I, uh... And I said, in that moment, I identified with the investigative reporter who had recently written a series of articles about his experiences of indignity when he posed as a black man in a white man's world. It took him a moment. He thought he was this. He thought he was the other. A moment comes, and he realizes what's in there. I tell you, my friends, we need to ask the Lord, don't we, to highlight the wonder of people, the absolute joy of people. He read all through, it cut through all his self-endorsements, and in a moment, he just saw himself as he was. You know, it's easy to discriminate. 
It's easy to judge on people's external appearances, their clothes, their job, qualifications. I don't know how you do it. Someone's circumstances, it's, it's easy to do that. No, listen, of all creation, man is the only one who's been made in the image of God. I mean, if that doesn't tell you how special man is, I don't know what is. We've been made in the image. Why? Why? Why should we be a community like this? Because we've been made in the image of God. And, uh, and, and Sproul realized, you know, of, it, he realized that we of all people should know how broken people are. Surely we should know that. Listen, my dear brothers, James says, and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith? You know, and in the church in Corinth, Paul writes this, he says, that God chose the foolish things. Let's not get too enamored with ourselves. God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise, the weak to shame the strong, the lowly, the despised. You know, we of all people should know we of all people should know how poor we are. We should know that. Now, you know, when I came to Jesus, I didn't need an example to follow. I needed a savior. I just needed a savior. I was stuck. I tried all the self-improvement plans. I had. I, d- I didn't need to try harder. Every time I tried harder, I realized how hard I failed. I needed I needed the power of God. That's what changes people. I needed the miraculous power of God. That's what people need. It's just, let's not miss it. We don't need an adjustment, tidy up. We need to come open-handed, just as we are. Bring ourselves to the light. If you're a follower of Jesus, you will know You need the power of God in your life. Absolutely, absolutely a crucial. You will know what it is to be broken. Why should we be this type of people? I tell you, because we've been made in the image of God. That's why. So we want to be a community of justice and grace. We want to be one who's been made. Why? Because we've been made in the image of God. So how do we become this community? Well, look at verse 7, please, just. Bear with me. Look at verse 7. It says, and it, Are they not the ones who are blaspheming, blaspheming the name, the noble name of him to whom you belong? Please, don't miss the big picture. The person to, the one to whom you belong. Don't miss that. There's two stone cutters. And, uh, they're asked what they're doing. And one of them says, well, I'm cutting a stone into a perfect shape. And the other one says, I'm building a cathedral. So, my friends, let's not miss the big picture here. Let's not miss the big picture. If we come into this new year, let's not miss the big picture. On the 27th of March, 2016, last year, you came here. And God opened a door to us. Not one that we asked for either. We didn't initially ask for this door. But he opened it and said, go here. Come here. I want you here. I want you in this community. 
And at that time, we we became a church of two sites. Not waiting for people to come to us, but for going to where people are. That's multi-site church, you know. It's to go where communities are, where people are. Two sites, two communities, one church. Wherever God calls us, we mustn't forget our mission. It's to see ordinary people changed by Jesus change the world. We miss that. We miss everything, my friends. Don't ever miss that. And James writes this. He says, I want, you know, he wants this Christian community to live like Christ's community. One of the people who came to our carol services, he, um, he'd never been before. And he looked around after the carol service. And he said to me, he said, I can see you have community here. He said, I can see community. I mean, there was a lot of people in the room, but he got it. I just thought, wow, I wasn't the only person he said that to. I, I see you have community. It was his first observation. You know, if we, it, it, we, we can miss the obvious. You know, to be, to be here together like this, it's God's presence is among us. We take it for granted so much. There's nothing like it. That's why John, on a couple of occasions when he's been speaking, he's encouraged people to come, and not just on a one-off, come give it a run and see if God won't speak to you. Give it a run. See, just be here in God's presence among his people. Just give it a run. And it's so encouraging. Do it. In the Old Testament, Jeremiah has to remind the Jews that they've been exiled to Babylon. And uh, he doesn't tell, he tells them, he, they, they're distant. They're, they're a little enclave outside of the city. And he says, get in. Get involved. Don't you be distant. Don't you be uninvolved. And then he says, shattering words. You know, because exile was punishment. He said, I carried you here. Look, God carried us here. Here into, God opened this door in Hazelmere into this community. Well, let's take the moment. You think, oh, well, we're more now than we used to be, and we're quite comfortable. Don't get comfortable. I see you've got some empty chairs. I'm always encouraged when I see empty chairs because I know someone's got to fill those chairs. You may be praying as a community. God, come on, fill us. And I look at all those empty chairs up there. Wow, that's some filling to do. Amen? So you're here for this, for this community. God calls these people to Babylon. He says, you're here for these people. Get get in there. I carried you here. You know, at the town center, we waited for years. People here will tell you that. We waited for years for a site. And what did God do? He stuck us in this in this, it was an old community hall which we had rebuilt and all the rest of it. And God moves the whole town towards us. It all used to be in the high street. And then, way, guess what? Oh, they decide to build a university, Brooks, Brooks uh, Halls, right alongside us. They just decide. And then they decide, we're going to do this Eden project. We're going to bring the whole of Wickham right into the center, right where King's Church is. Hey, what thinking is that? We never knew that. We were just grateful for a building. But hey, 
God's got plans and purposes for us in the town center. God has plans and purposes here in Hazelmere, in this community. And you know, to be in here among you, you do not know what a wonder it is to sit in the presence of God like this. For some people who are thirsty, this is like water they've never had before. Don't you underestimate it. You've got, you got a, a big objection Sunday coming up at the end of February. Ask God, who can I invite? Who can I bring to that? Who can I do that? Get praying. Get praying for your community. Get praying as individuals. Last year, I, uh, I got, this is all because I'm just out of time here because of the Lion King, but never mind. Last, last year, this was worth seeing it, wasn't it? Then I originally will have to fill in down there. He's got some jokes, I think, anyway. And so last, last week, uh, last year, I was, I'd been praying for, Lord, give me opportunities to speak to people. I want to tell my story. I want to tell my story. And Des and I had plenty of opportunity to reflect who we were in Christ in situations and circumstances that we found ourselves last year. Some of them really difficult, but we had a chance to do that, but not with the ability to tell the story. I want to tell my story. You know, the best story Christians you have is God's story in your life. No one else can tell it but you. And I'm beginning to feel a bit of a failure at this because... I've not really done that. I'm not. And we go to this wedding. <laughs> I speak to three people. Uh, listen, I don't give them the whole lot. I don't tell them the half-hour story of my life. I give them a little taste and a snippet. One chap wants to be an army chaplain. He always wanted to be an army chaplain. And uh, so we got talking and... And then he says, you know, because all, all, all roads lead to Christ. All roads lead to God. All roads lead to God. And I said, oh, that's interesting. You want to be an army chaplain? And, and you think all faiths lead to, it's all about one God. I said, Jesus doesn't agree with that. Doesn't he? He said, no, Jesus doesn't agree with that. I mean, you want to read what Jesus says. I mean, it's really controversial. Everybody points away from themselves. He points to himself. I said, you want to read that? I tell you what, get on an alpha course. Get on an alpha course. Find out what Jesus says about himself. I said, you know, then you'll get a real idea of who God really is. It was a great conversation. And, and he kept asking the questions, by the way. I wasn't force feeding. You do understand that. And, and get, get your story out. So ask God, please, pray. Pray as a community. Who's, who's going to do this? You are God's image bearers here. You're his representatives. You're the receivers of his love and grace, and you're the agents of his love and grace. Go and do it. Pray for this community. Pray for this area. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your roads. Pray for your streets. And pray to tell your story. Just a little bit. Don't crush people with it. But get them tasting. Amen?